No, they know you never talk about your money. Right, so at Liverpool in the 80s, you would no idea. No, no. Well, we, the only idea was that Kenny was on far more than he was. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. All right, time for turning our attention to hurling. Paul Murphy's with us. Paul, how you doing? Great, Ger. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very excited about the hurling this weekend. Uh, it kind of feels like there's been a lot of phony wars up to this point, but uh, notwithstanding, the finals exist as individual games. They also do have a bearing on the rest of the season, I think it's fair to say. Uh, when you're looking at the Kilkenny Galway game, what's your instinct about which team is actually rising as the season goes on more than the other? Yeah, well, I suppose Kilkenny's stock would be rising, I would say, in terms of where they started earlier on this year. Like, Galway really kicked into the league quite strong. Um, and go and look, league form goes out the window, obviously, when you go into championship. But Galway generally had a more steady league. OK, outside influences hinders their league performances later on. But it certainly through the round-robin phase anyway, even finishing up, I think why the bookies have Galway edging, edging Kilkenny by two points would be you know how they performed against Dublin like Dublin were expected to come to Pierce Stadium put in a savage performance they didn't but nevertheless Galway finished really strong to the round robin phase whereas Kilkenny after the performance against Wexford and Nolan Park you know there was one or two question marks afterwards how they played the, the style in which they played again Kilkenny have made a good few um changes to their starting lineup very late you know and announced in the stadium right before the game so again they haven't their steady 15 going where Galway probably do and again first blood has gone to Galway as well after the Pierce Stadium battle but look like you said there was only a point in it um, up in Pierce Stadium Galway for, for large periods kind of dominated the primary possession so but all in all like you say Kilkenny stayed in the game up in Pierce Stadium and the final again the final not to use an old phrase takes on a life of its own so Okay, the bookies have to go one way or another, but look, it comes down to a lot on the day and, and form on the day into the final kind of goes out the window. Tell me a little bit about what you think the, the impact of the Wexford game is going to be on the Kilkenny group. That, those changes before throw-in, um, they seem to take a lot of people by surprise, like, you know, talking mm. to people uh, and listening even to Tommy talking to Joe about, you know, the, the rumours coming through that Park Welsh wasn't playing was um, it was just very interesting. Like, it's, it's a mm. very strange situation that... So part of me thinks no one really thought that Kilkenny weren't going to qualify and so therefore a little bit of complacency seeps in or a little bit of something like it's not desperate it's not full throttle championship hurling despite the factor at home and that, it, mm. that sounds unusual to say and I, maybe I'm completely wrong but like something some kind of message gets sent out when well, why, is, why is Park Welsh not playing? You know? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and well, it was very strange for me because if you were to ask me five players that for this year are automatic starters on the Kilkenny team, um, Park Welch is one of them. And as I said to Will and James on the hurling pod, was you know the question for me is not do you play Park Welch? It's where do you play him? Do you play him centre back? Do you play him centre forward? So like automatically, I was sitting in the crowd that day, and when there was a few changes to the starting lineup, and when Park Welch was not starting and he's not injured, it just didn't make any sense. Um, and I think yeah, it probably did unsettle the Kilkenny team as well because he's a player that makes the ball stick when it goes into the forward line and Kilkenny that day right or wrong were playing a lot of long ball they didn't work the ball up through the lines and for me if you're going to play that long ball when Park Welch isn't there well you're going to have to find other ball winners to make that ball stick in the forward line and Kilkenny didn't in terms of Kilkenny's performance that day 
I don't know was there a complacency going into it if there was I'm happy they got it out of the way against Wexford because if that complacency was there you know you could carry that into a Leinster final we did it against Galway potentially in 2012 where we maybe carried a bit of complacency into it what we would have always said against the, about that Leinster final is we came to play a game Galway came to win a game so if there was complacency I'm happy Kilkenny hopefully got it out of the way against Wexford but yeah, I think maybe the team selections, the way that they jumped around a small bit, the Dublin game, there was, I think it was three changes or four changes. Again, we had more changes again against Wexford. So it, I think it's important for Kilkenny to actually nail down a, at least a 14 anyway. So, you know, you're always going to have that one player who comes in or out. But making three or four changes before a big game, you know, it can serve to unsettle the team. But again, I, I'm expecting more changes again, if I'm honest, before, before the Leinster final. I'm expecting whatever team is named tonight, we're going to have changes announced in Crow Park tomorrow from a Kilkenny point of view, I'm expecting. Why do you think they haven't got it nailed down? It, like, you know, there's loads of different reasons. Some players aren't playing well, some injuries happen, the management team are uncertain about what they're trying to do. For me, one theory is definitely that it comes back to they're they're quite unsure of their identity as a team when, uh, you know, we've been talking with Tommy across the championship about the style of play and the evolution of it and how they need to stick to it and how in moments of crisis they haven't stuck to it, which means it's not fully embedded. And it mm. just feels like there's mixed messages coming out about it. Yeah, certainly. I mean, there certainly seems to be a few mixed messages when it comes to what way are we playing when I say we as Kilkenny. So, you know, the last day it was obvious to see that they're playing a lot of long ball, not working the ball through the lines, whereas pretty much every team across the country including club teams are working the ball up and, and working the possession for Kilkenny the, the way I'm looking at it at the moment anyway is you know Kilkenny played Galway and the team they played they weren't winning enough possession in around that middle third so they introduced a few players the likes of Alan Murphy and these into that middle third and it kind of worked for them they gained a bit of traction against Galway in the second half so when they went into the Dublin match they made a few more changes like Alan Murphy was in Keane Kenny was in Mossy Keown was in got a great goal that day I think or two goals that day you know so the, the, the changes worked I think coming into Wexford, I would have been happy to see the team that play, started against Galway, maybe starting again, maybe introduce Conor Fogarty into the starting lineup as well. Another ball winner there on the middle of the field. But it seems like Kilkenny decided that maybe what worked against Dublin was throwing at them something they didn't expect. Maybe that's what worked. Now, again, I'm guessing. So they tried to introduce that again against Wexford, put something in there that Wexford weren't expecting. You know, Walter Welch um, was, wasn't due to start, John Donnelly was there, but they put Walter Welch in there and they took Park Welch out, you know. So maybe they tried to throw a curveball at Wexford and it didn't work. So I think maybe management are looking at if we keep our cards close to our chest and we show we don't show our hand and we arrive on the day, well, potentially the opposition team won't figure out what we're doing and we'll, we'll have something that they won't be able to handle with on the day. But for me, the day that they play Dublin, Kenny play Dublin, that was a really strong team. That was a really good team. And like I said... Conor Fogarty potentially coming into middle of the field getting a lad who'll be able to work there win the ball even likes of Killian Buckley and these lads the, the kind of the old reliables I think Kenny's team against Dublin was close enough to their best starting team again like I said introduce one or two more lads so what for me with Kilkenny is we're going out now on Saturday against Galway go with what you think is the strongest team just go with it whether you name it tonight or okay you, you introduce it tomorrow but for the rest of the championship you're going to have to nail down a 14 and that for me seems to be a kind of a confusing message that's coming from the management to the team at the moment I mean, look it's really interesting it seems like it's against the habit of a lifetime for what we've seen from Cody that you know I'm going to take into account the opposition more than what I think we're good at yeah, exactly. Um, you, you know, if you look at if you look at Limerick, you look at the champions in any year. 
generally the champions will come with a 15 that they're happy that this is our 15 okay they might move them around we saw with Limerick um, you know Kyle Hayes popping up where they weren't expecting him against Cork like I I, I don't know we wait and see about Keen Lynch over the weekend I know we're talking about Kilkenny and Galway here but generally what Limerick name is what Limerick go with they're the champions and go back to other years as well you know when Galway were the champions even when, when Kilkenny were winning All-Irelands as well you go with your strongest 15 and you're not afraid to show your hand so maybe this is just part of Kilkenny trying to find their footing in the championship that maybe Brian and the lads are looking at it that okay we're, we're mixing here between lads who have been blooded over the last few years with a bit of experience and get the blend but maybe their priority at the moment is not to show the hand and try and use the panel of 20 okay the 15 is going to change each day but try and provide something that a team won't be able to handle that does seem to be part of the element of what Kilkenny are going with at the moment as opposed to just going with a 15 that look fairly solid for the whole championship yeah it's like when, when you think about it we're talking here about the career of the greatest hurling manager of all time and the possibility of this season ending very soon if they don't get this right this weekend and not to add like you guys obviously have lost Leinster finals and the season has ended in glory so you know there's a pathway there it's just that it feels a bit different it feels like there's a, a team here uncertain of their identity there's a management team who are second guessing themselves and it's not working for them at the moment again already within this championship we've seen Cork go through a process where they've had similar difficulties and emerge the other side so victory might allow them to catapult forward but defeat would be like a significant blow for the rest of the season yeah it would it would and, and, and you alluded to it there with Cork you know Cork have found their confidence again which is brilliant for Cork and I was there in Welsh Park today against Waterford and it was the Cork that we all want to see you know Cork that are full of arrogance and up in people's faces so Cork have managed to I suppose stop the rot and get their get their year back on the road which is brilliant and then you know alternatively we've looked at Waterford and Waterford's year just fell off a cliff face very quickly and that's what can happen because you know the matches are coming thick and fast at the moment and potentially if you go into a back door now at the moment you're going to meet a Cork who are on upward trend or any other possibly team like you could be meeting a Clare or a Limerick who's to know so you don't that back door is to be avoided I think especially this year so for Kilkenny at the moment yeah they're not going with what traditionally Kilkenny would go with and you know potentially playing a dangerous game a little bit from their team selection but again if you look at the last two Leinster finals Kilkenny weren't expected to win them um, you know and the, the the one previous like against Galway during Covid in an empty Crow Park they weren't expected to win that but coming down the home straight you know the team came right pipped over the line and at the end of the day Galway were probably the better team in that match overall over the 70 minutes but Kilkenny just had the, I suppose, the cuteness to go about, win that match, um, seek out Galway's weaknesses during that game. You know, a clever introduction to Richie Hogan. So Kilkenny have won the last two Leinster finals, really probably against the grain. And all bar the Wexford match this year, you know, Kilkenny were actually going quite well. You know, a serious defeat of Dublin in Parnell Park by double figures. So, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not too quick to look at one match and go, OK, well, that's decided for this year. Kilkenny have been on an upper trend generally, um, defeated by a good Galway team in Pierce Stadium. It's, it's only one game, as far as I'm concerned, that the flat game was against uh, Wexford. So the Leinster final, if Kilkenny come away from this Leinster final on Saturday night with a win, you know, we'll be back to talking about, you know, they, they figured it out and they always find a way in finals. The narrative will be different again. Yeah. But it's, it's again, they are coming into it as the underdogs. Yeah, well, that, that's the thing. Like if if they figure it out this weekend, then all of a sudden they're really dangerous because there's a load of young players who we can see like a like a two year old thoroughbred racehorse where suddenly the summer opens up out in front of them and if they win, they're up against a team uh, in the next round who will probably have come through the back door uh, and who probably will you know have come through a difficult game to get to them. There's time for them to work on stuff and training and like there's there's um. Uh, a bit of 
power behind them and a bit of excitement about them. But if they lose, like that's I suppose that's why I'm so fascinated by this game. And on the other side of it, obviously, is Henry Shefflin, who he hopes has added that little bit of steel that prevents Galway from being as flaky as they have been against Kilkenny over the last decade. Yeah, yeah, and and Henry will be aware of that as well because Henry, having come through the rigors over the last you know fifteen twenty years or so, um, you know having played backdoor hurling as well. Will, will that will certainly benefit to him in terms of he'll know that we want to go the clean route here get into an All-Ireland semi-final and have that break because that break is crucial as well because teams have been going let's say week on week for, for example okay they've had two weeks off here and there but teams have been going week to week you know injuries trying to f- make sure you keep your form trying to figure out okay when do we step off away from the team here now in terms of giving them a little bit of a break when do we go at hard sessions but crucially coming into an All-Ireland semi-final um like, let's say for the team who wins they get that little bit of time where they can actually prepare they can maybe go away for a weekend tactically look at what they did over the course of the round robin which maybe they haven't had a chance to do at this stage and it allows them just to reassess where they are and have a real good stab at going to an All-Ireland whereas the loser in this game or yeah, in this game on Saturday night goes into a qualifier where they haven't much time to turn around again you know they're looking at their injuries they haven't much time to reassess and to be honest probably questioning themselves after losing the Leinster final and equally for the team probably not so much who lose the Munster final because both of those teams are in a really good place at the moment but crucially for this this one whoever wins it gets that break and kind of I suppose it confirms that they're headed in the right direction and nobody really cares on Saturday night um how you win just as long as you win and you get yourself that break yeah so um, what what do you think is going to be the if we're sitting down watching the game and it's half an hour gone or it's 50 minutes gone what are you looking at to see the trend go in the right direction for both teams for both teams um, look I suppose I've, 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 I've talked enough about Kilkenny I'll say with Galway look Galway were very dominant about winning the primary possession we talk about that middle third it's all the talk at the moment in Hurling but Galway were very dominant in that area they were also very dominant at which are killer blows turning over the ball against Kilkenny um, when in Pierce Stadium and getting a score off it they did it several times where Kilkenny were trying to work the ball out and rightfully so trying to work it out Um and they turned it over and they so Galway will be looking to do that they'll look to put pressure on Kilkenny turn that ball over and force Kilkenny to strike that long ball they were striking against Wexford so so Galway I, I feel are going to sit back they'll try and force Kilkenny to strike that long ball down on top of Dahi Burke down on top of Garod McInerney and so on and look to build from there Cahill Mannion will drop back and they'll look to work the ball up then through the lines whereas Kilkenny what Kilkenny will want to do is they'll want to get a foothold in the game and I suppose stem the tide of what they were doing against Wexford and work the ball up through the lines and like I said I've just described what Galway are going to do Galway are going to come at them them fierce and and try and stop that so it's important for Kilkenny to establish their game like their game plan within this game early on first 10 or 15 minutes and get a few scores and you know no one will mind if you're behind by two points or ahead by two points because it's 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 not that much of a difference in hurling but after 15 20 minutes and significantly after about 20 minutes in Pierce Stadium that's where Kilkenny kind of lost grip on the game they'll be looking to finish right up to half time having imposed their game plan on Galway and that game plan is going to be working the ball up to midfield drawing out the Galway half back line and try and pop the balls into that full forward line in there where I expect they'll have someone physical like Mossy Keown in full forward on Dahi Burke and try and win that physical battle so that's where I think both teams are going to try and win and lose the game in the first half yeah, Paul you were very strong about what Adrian Mullen needs to do this year to establish himself as one of the leaders of the team and to fulfil the potential that we've all seen him have and obviously coming back from the horrific injury he's taken a bit longer than maybe everybody would have liked because you know, he definitely has the potential to be one of those hurlers that we talk about as the best hurler in the country uh, 
there's a, a sense that perhaps Croke Park might be where that actually happens for him more likely than in the confines of the grounds that he's been playing in is that fair are you expecting a bigger game from him than we've seen already this year yeah, well, what I'm hoping from Adrian Mullen is, I suppose, there's something that's out of Adrian Mullen's hands. I'm hoping that they put him back in the half-forward line. They had him out midfield against Wexford. And for me, it's just too far from goal for him. It's like bringing Owen Cody out to midfield. You know, Owen Cody's a dangerous man. He'll go toe-to-toe with any half-back line, the same as Adrian Mullen will. You know, we saw last year in the All-Ireland semi-final what Adrian Mullen can do in crucial times in a game when, you know, Kilkenny need a goal. Adrian is such an intelligent hurler. And in terms of his skill, is undoubted as well. So, for me, you know, have your workhorses at, mid- at midfield who are going to win that ball. But Adrian Mullen needs to be asking questions of the Galway half-back line. And, and if, if Adrian Mullen's in the half-back line, whoever it is, Park Mannion or whoever, has to keep tabs on him. So yeah. you're going to occupy one of the members of that half-back line. So I've no doubt about Adrian's ability. And Adrian was working really hard in, in, in every game he's been in. But I think the management just had to push him up. Like, Adrian will play where you put him. He'll play in the half-back line if you put him back there. But... I think for the business end he needs to be up around the half forward line causing real problems because Crow Park is made for the likes of Adrian the likes of Owen Cody they don't fear it they relish it they love it the wide open spaces so to get the most out of these lads and particularly Adrian back into the half forward line even if you want to throw him in around full forward but he has huge running ability he's a great athlete so for me I think where you get the most out of him is wing forward Yeah there's, see there's loads that they, little changes they can make that all aggregate into this massive increase in performance and all of a sudden we're like oh it was obvious of course Kilkenny were going to be able to do this because they got they got those decisions right last question for you on this so you're talking about the team potentially the changes being made do the players know who are being selected in the real team like you know is that broken to the team midweek are they told the dummy team and then is that dummy t- how does that work what does Cody what do the selectors tell the actual players well, I suppose, look, I obviously be in contact with the lads, like just being friends with them and that, but I'd never ask them because obviously every team in the country, you know, you kind of have, not that you have a siege mentality, but there's information that you don't give out to outside the team. But certainly what we would have always done with Kilkenny, and I don't see why Brian or the lads would have changed it, is that you name you like to name the team maybe two or three days out. So I'm presuming if they trained last night or Wednesday night, potentially, well, I'd say probably last night, two nights out from the final, they probably trained and they would have named the team as is going to start right. on Saturday night but probably would have said listen lads this is the team that's going to be in the paper now the team that they name might also be the team that's in the paper or that's announced tonight or whatever it may be the case but any time that I've experienced it where the team that's named in the paper isn't the one that's starting we get the team first of all that is going to start and then at the end of the session at the end of the meeting they'll just say lads the team that's going to appear in the paper is completely different or they might even show us the team that's going to be named in the paper and they'll just say to us listen lads keep it to yourself and it is important for those players to keep it to themselves because every team whether you're Clare, Limerick, Waterford, Tip it's you know that team has to stay inside the dressing room because it completely loses its purpose if it gets outside the dressing room so I w- I'd never I'd never <laughs> put any lads under pressure I don't need to know the team it doesn't make a difference to me I'll see it on Saturday night no totally and, and to yeah. be honest I don't think it makes a difference to anybody it, it, it is this kind of weird thing where it's like oh we're giving too much information to the opposition but ultimately they're going to find out and like you know yeah. they, I presume they have contingency plans if that team is not the real team we'll just do this instead and it's not that big a deal is it? No, it's not that big of a deal, but look, teams are just looking for every inch, every yard they can expose a team for. And what this might possibly do would be just to give Galway a problem that they have to deal with for 10 minutes. Or likewise, Galway might do it for Kilkenny. You know, Galway might be going, listen, um, 
Conor, look, Conor Whelan will start at full forward. But for example, Conor Whelan might be full forward and they might go, listen lads, we know Conor Whelan is someone that Kilkenny are going to man-mark. Conor Whelan go right half forward for the first 10 or 15 minutes and see how Kilkenny react. So this is what teams try and do. And if you get 10 minutes out of it, it may be 10 minutes where you score 1-2 or 1-3. And that's the platform that will, will allow you to go on and win the match. And for that 10 or 15 minutes the opposition management are trying to figure out what's different here what is the thing that we didn't expect I get you know, that we, I definitely yeah. and I understand that I, I do wonder though that if you're and I, no, I don't want to focus on Park Walls but if you're somebody else right anybody any player who's like a stalwart of the team and you're not in the team that's named but then afterwards you're taken aside and so by the way the whole country thinks you are playing this weekend there's definitely like a little bit of extra man management that needs to go into that you need to be a little bit careful about how what a player's motivation is going to be like and everybody's going to say mm-hmm. oh it's up to the player to be a team player but we're all humans like yeah. you know we all get disappointed and that's that's a real thing too absolutely and I think it's even more real if that player is going well in training and is expecting to start but for a tactical change you decide not to start him and it's not explained to them that's another thing that can happen I don't know if it happens in other setups but certainly if if you're really making a conscious decision to go, right, we're going to throw something here that Galway aren't expecting and one player suffers because of it, but you explain the reasoning behind that to the player, well, I think a player then has the option to row in and go, fine. But if, if a player is sacrificed and it's not explained to him, but that player's going, geez, I'm flying it in training, I'm definitely starting Saturday night, but then sees themselves on the bench, that's quite confusing for a player and I agree with you. It's, it's not, that's not a positive effect. So you really have to, look, it's, it, in the modern game, maybe back 30 years ago, managers wouldn't care and you're told to take it on the chin but certainly in the modern game players you know need that feedback need need to know what's I'm breaking my hole here in training yeah. um, why am I starting or why am I not starting so I'd agree with you it, it can be to the detriment if you do it too many times or do it in the wrong way yeah okay well look we'll see uh, a team will be named at some point tonight and a different team will take the field tomorrow we think but either way it's going to be good Paul great stuff thanks a million Thanks very much, sir. It's Paul Murphy there. You can hear the full analysis and breakdown on the Hurling Pod. If you don't subscribe to the Hurling Pod, well, then, I, I don't know. You just need to, because it's brilliant. Uh, get on it. Search the Hurling Pod wherever you get your podcasts. The best place is on the OTB Sports app. And, um, yeah, it's excellent stuff. Himself and James Skell and Will O'Callaghan, week in, week out, uh, dropping truth bombs about the Hurling Championship. Now, a very special prize to give away this week with thanks to the Irish Independent Shop and Veloci. Veloci is the best-selling e-bike in Belgium and is now available in Ireland exclusively at independentshop.ie. For your chance to win this great prize, identify this famous football pundit giving our triathlon hopefuls some advice for this weekend. That voice again. Text your name and answer to 53106. Each daily winner will receive a 100 euro independent shop voucher and will go into the draw to win a Veloci e-bike. Visit independentshop.ie and veloci.ie for more.